everybody. Hello. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Hopefully this freaking works this time so that we don't have to skip this week. But you know what? We're used to this and you guys aren't strangers to it either. We are haunted and that is just a fact. No, I just imagine the headline. Two girls become haunted through podcast. Something wants me. Because Sabrina's side is fine. She's not having any issues. It's my side. No matter what I do. I'm pretty scared that it's whatever it is is trying to come through you to get to me. <laughs> well, try, I'll try not to let that happen. It's first got to get to me and it's kind of close. So right. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm just nervous one day you're going to show up at the, my front door with like, this evil grin on your face. Just knocking three times. I'll just say, you'll be like, Corinne, what are you doing here? And I'll be like, my name is not Corinne. It's Rick. (laughs) My name is Rick. (laughs) Rick is the worst. We all know Rick scares everyone. I don't know, Corinne. I'm worried that your ghost is a little sad that you went on vacation and doesn't know how to express itself other than interfering with our audio. Well, I I understand that it's well-intentioned and that it's... (laughs) We hope. We hope. But it's execution its execution is not there because it's just making right. me angry and frustrated. But ghosts are just really misunderstood. And that's what we try to share on this podcast. Well, some, some ghosts are misunderstood. Some are just evil and want to possess you. But I think a lot of ghosts, you know, they don't mean to harm you or scare you. And it, but they just don't have any other means. Well, I'm sorry, ghost. I don't feel quite, you know what? Oh, I wonder if it's mad because remember when I lost the adapter thing for my headphones to hook into my phone and I was kind of angry and I was like just give it back but that was also rude of the ghost to steal your I know but it never gave it back it was sitting on my counter and then it wasn't and Hmm. I you know usually if you wait a certain amount of time it will reappear and it's they're nowhere to be found oh sorry ghost I didn't mean it I didn't mean to raise my voice (laughs) I just am tired oh so so tired did you see that video i tagged you in on our facebook group yeah i don't know why you tagged me because it gave me a heart attack (laughs) so i posted a video of a new movie that's coming out of some exorcism and i commented this is why corinne and i get so scared all the time (laughs) it's horrifying this woman it's a new possession documentary about this father in this father i think father amworth i don't know he's a famous priest who does a lot of exorcisms but yeah it's a documentary about that and it's just so terrifying because in the trailer there's a part where the girl's actually the woman who's possessed is actually speaking like the sound of the demon the, i can't even do it how do you do it it's like <laughs> probably sounds like i'm about to barf but that i know that really yeah <laughs> that sound came out of her and i freaking speak backpedaled as fast as I could to the wall to have my back protected against the wall because I was like who the hell knows what this could be summoning what if what if what we don't realize is that when you hear these demonic voices coming out of someone who's possessed it's actually like a mating call for other creatures oh good so we just beckoned the most terrifying things in the world I just actually read uh, a book well, I read the third book in the trilogy. It took me forever to do it. But Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children or whatever it's called. I read that whole series and I finally yeah. got to the third book while I was on vacation this past week. 
nice. Speaking of reading, I really need to read I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I know I do too. I've been, my whole life has been consumed about Golden State uh, Killer, baby. Rapists. Golden State Killer, yeah. Oh my it's God. It's just, and thank God they finally caught him. Seriously. Oh my God. It's just so crazy. And I feel so horrible for his family because they had no idea. And he's, I know. He has adult daughters. Well, the crazy thing is that they found found him and were able to identify him because someone had done one of those genealogy things and their DNA was in an open source forum. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to find out what, you, similar to you with like 23andMe, they were trying to find out their roots and their genealogy and they got way more than they bargained for. My grandma was like, well, now that you've done the DNA thing, you can't commit a crime. And I was like, more like you can't commit a crime because they'll find you too. All my relatives are screwed. <laughs> screwed or is that a good thing or just be better at committing crimes no i don't want to say that that's bad (laughs) just don't get caught wait no 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 (laughs) so many things yeah backpedal back into that wall (laughs) maybe i am getting possessed dark thoughts dark thoughts yeah this is why i'm terrified of you showing up at my door (laughs) wait we have exciting news we are announcing our patreon we are finally patreon Yes. So for those of you who do not know, a Patreon is a website where you can help support our podcast by donating and becoming a patron to our podcast. And there's different tiers like Phantoms or Devil's Hours and Devil's Hour Insomniacs, etc. And each tier has its own special bonuses like shout outs and stickers or percentage off merchandise and and uh, access to live Q and A's. Since we're an independent podcast, we kind of rely on funding to to make our goals become a reality. Yeah, so kind of like what Sabrina was saying, the money that is donated is going to help us achieve certain goals like buy new audio equipment that hopefully is less haunted or um, (laughs) contract out for people to do designs for merchandise, stuff like that so that we can ultimately give you as a listener a better experience with the podcast and a bigger community um, with the podcast. So that's where the money goes to. We pretty much will just pump it right back into the podcast and the production. Exactly. And Corinne and I are idea people. We're both creative people. That's why we wanted to be actors once upon a time. And we constantly have ideas. And I seriously, I dream about this podcast. Like it is, I live and breathe this podcast and we're constantly coming up with ideas and new ways to create more content for you guys. And but then we realize we don't have the means to make it a reality. And so this Patreon could help us do that. Exactly. So we'd greatly appreciate it if, uh, if anyone's in a position or wants to donate to our Patreon, you'll be greatly appreciated by us and our ghost. And our ghost, of course. Our ghost appreciates everything except for us. Unless our ghost tries Selfish. to sabotage us because he doesn't want us to get or she doesn't want us to get new audio equipment (laughs) but after that we also plan to release our merchandise in the next few weeks so stay tuned keep up to date with us on all social media and we have exciting things coming for you guys just like our ghost is coming for us speaking of ghostly things and ghostly interference tell me i was in florida for the past five days with my parents and my grandmother so fun and i came across some ghost stories (gasps) from the locals Oh my gosh. Do tell. The first one was told to my mother by the concierge, which was then immediately told to me when she ran and <laughs> found me. Of course. The hotel that we were staying at, the 
one of the elevators was under construction and my mom was walking by and said something to the concierge about the the elevator like oh how long is it under construction for just something like that and the woman goes oh, i think it's haunted and she goes oh wait i shouldn't have said that my mom was like wait no please tell me more you told the right person <laughs> you struck up conversation with the right person so my mom and her get into exchanging ghost stories with each other and there's one story that really stuck out which is the one that my mom repeated to me and it's not with the hotel but it's her own personal experience mm-hmm. this woman is married and her and her mother-in-law were together in the hospital room when her husband's grandmother so her mother-in-law's mom was uh-huh. about to pass away oh my gosh and they were actually in the room with her when she did pass over. And they didn't see anything from what I understand. They didn't see anything when she actually passed away, but they were still there during her transition, which will come up in a minute. So they were there with her when her soul passed over, right. passed away from the body her that physical she was body. using in yeah. that life. Anyway, fast forward however many years later, I don't know, maybe even months, can't tell you, don't know the details, <laughs> but there is a wedding and she's there at the wedding with her husband watching the wedding go on. And she's like, is that the grandmother? And she sees this woman, the grandmother standing up at the altar and she's looking around and no one else is making any weird faces or seemingly recognizing what's going on or Mm -hmm. indicating that they see anything. So she's like, maybe I'm just crazy. And so she's watching and the grandmother's up at the altar, (laughs) basically being a part of the wedding. Wow. And then after the ceremony, they're all mingling and whatnot. And the woman says to her mother-in-law, she goes, it's so crazy, but I could have sworn I saw grandma, whatever her name was, up at the up at the front. And the mother-in-law goes, oh, was she? And starts describing oh exactly gosh. where she was, like what she was looking like, everything. And she was like, oh my God, yes. And it turns out that they were the only two that saw her up on the stage wow. during the ceremony and they were also the only two who were in the hospital room when she passed away right oh my gosh it's like when they were with her when she passed away they almost became connected to her soul yeah they have some special connection they can tap into almost i don't even know what it is they tap into being able to see her when other people can't whoa and I wonder if it's like an accidental thing, like if maybe when you're in the room with someone, if part of their soul kind of like fairy dust sprinkles on you and you're connected to that person Ooh. from there on out, if you witness that transition or if they just had a special, if the grandmother felt a special connection with them, having right. been with them at that scary moment and was like, oh, well, I'll let them know I'm fine since they were the yeah. ones that saw it all happen. That's so interesting. I almost prefer that to the first one because I'd feel bad for any medical professional who has seen a lot of deaths. I mean, if you're working in a hospital, I'm sure you've seen quite a few. And I think Hospitals, it would be paramedics, EMTs, right. doctors. Could you imagine if every person you saw pass away can like latched onto you in some sort of way? Yeah. Yikes. Like you could see them wherever. Ghost whisper, just like ghost whisper. That's true. I messaged Jennifer Love Hewitt. She didn't message me back on Ugh, Instagram, rude. but whatever. Doesn't she know who you are? Still love you, girl. <laughs> um, but I also do think it's sweet that she was at that wedding. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and then another ghost story. We were at a restaurant and the the guy who was our waiter, he was super funny, super nice. We all loved him. 
Um, <laughs> but he had actually gone to school for finance. And so he was just chatting with me and telling me how important it is to buy a home and to try to do all that and not to rent for the rest of your life. La di da di da. He's 26, already owns his own home. So I'm like, oh, look at him. Goals. Goals. Anyway. <laughs> So he's telling me that the house that he bought belonged to a like 94-year-old woman or however old she was, and she had passed away, and that's why her house became available. And he was just kind of joking around, telling us about the house, about how like the walls and the ceilings and the floor, everything matched. It was all the same color, and just she'd never renovated it. So it was a goofy story. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, is she still there? You're asking the like, right questions. Everyone... <laughs> Take note when you're talking to anyone, no matter what conversation you're having, ask if they're haunted. Yeah. Always ask someone first if they're haunted. (laughs) Second, what type of haunting? Right. Third, if it's demonic, you run away. Yeah. And say, not today, Satan, and throw holy water that is in your purse on them. (laughs) (laughs) So I ask him, is she still there? And he says, yes. She is. And I said, what? And then he tells me that at first he and his partner thought that the lights flickering were just a electrical malfunction, but then they renovated the home and it's all new wiring, all new everything. And Mm -hmm. the flickering of the lights still happened. And then also stuff would be moved around. It wouldn't be in the same spot that they left it. So they're like, okay, something paranormal is happening. Wow. And then also, this is kind of the sweet thing. And he said he was like, I really enjoy it. I really like having an old lady ghost roommate because she basically takes care of them if they forget something. So he said if they go out of town and they leave the lights on, when they come back, the lights will be off. If they, they've even tested it with the water. If they leave the water running and leave for a few hours and come back, the water will have been turned off. Like the handle will be moved to the off position. She, so she's helping them out with their yeah, electricity bills and water saving bills. energy and water. She's saving the earth from the other side. Hey, she—it's her earth too. She's still living here. Well, not living, I but know, I, you know, existing. Now she lives with two gay men. This ninety-year-old ghost, oh, and she amazing. seems to love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, and then this is not another ghost story, but. But something spiritual that I learned because my grandmother was on vacation with us and we were just talking. I mean, we were collecting ghost stories everywhere we went. And she told me that my great great aunt, Irene Roth, was an astrologist. So those are the people that you're reading. It's so cool when you're reading horoscopes and everything that's astrology, reading the stars and then coming up with basically profiles based on the alignment of the stars and what have you. Right. So my grandmother tells me that Irene, my great great aunt, when my grandmother's sister, so my great aunt, this is going to get so confusing, but when my great aunt Rose was born, my great great aunt Irene wrote a whole profile based on the time and location and stars and everything. Oh my God. In that moment, made a profile for Rose as to who she would be and what she would be like and everything like that. Right. What, hap- what would happen in her life. And she sealed it up and gave it to my great-great-grandmother and said, tell Rose to open this when she's older. (gasps) And And so when she was older, in her late teens, she opened it and it was like a blueprint, like down to the tiny details. It was correct. Oh my gosh. That is so fascinating. It is. And I don't know why she didn't, because I asked my my grandma, I I asked if if her aunt had made one for her and she said no. So I don't know why she didn't. Maybe she was just getting older or... I wish I had someone to... That's, I mean, that's so personal 
like, yeah, they have those websites and stuff that you can look it up, but to have someone, a relative specifically write that for you. And then also the fact that she was a baby, you know, that there's no way of knowing her, meeting her or knowing her personality. And it's genuinely just based on astrology, which is so fascinating. It's so crazy and so personalized too. Like yeah. it would just bring me to tears to have something handwritten from a relative predicting oh, my life. That is so cool. It's very special. Very special. We also have special stories from you guys. We do. Encounters that you've had with the other side. So many. So, so many. You guys give me nightmares. So many to pick from. The pickings are ripe. So many to choose from. And do you, Sabrina, you should go first. I feel like I've been talking forever. Okay. I have a good one. I also, someone emailed us recently was like, maybe every episode you should end with a positive, lighthearted ghost story. Just wrap everything up with a bow and leave people less scared. That's a good suggestion. None of, none of the ones I picked for this week is like that. So <laughs> do you have one like that? Um, maybe, but <laughs> you know what? We can, we'll start that next week. Next week. Next week. <laughs> you guys have something to look forward to now. Okay, I have one from Chossie, and I'm not going to read the subject line because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Hi, ladies. My name is Chossie, and I am adoring the podcast so far, and I have two stories to tell you. One is happy. One is scary. I can start with the scary one first to end it with the happy one for y'all to rest assured. Sometimes ghost stories or ghost things aren't terrifying, and in case y'all are having internet issues, you aren't even more spooked. (laughs) which is just so spot on for this episode. Okay, so for the first one, it's a long one, but really good one, so bear with me. When I was little, I lived part-time with my aunt who lived in a very small town with a lot of history, like literal history, like Buffalo Bill was born there and crap. LeClaire, Iowa, woot woot. My aunt lived up in a three-story counting the walk-in attic house on a hill by mostly itself with neighbors around it at the bottom of the hill, which makes me imagine the house from Bates Motel, or from yes. Psycho, right? Yeah. Just like up on the hill by itself, kind of eerie it looking. It kind of reminds me of uh, when you do when you go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal and they take you through the studio lot tour. You can walk through it. And during the, the Bates Motel area, that person is – have you – you've done that. I haven't done Horror Nights, but they – even when you do the studio tour on the lot, they have someone standing up by the house and run down towards you. Knife. Norman, yeah. no. Okay. I remember once I was five or so always being scared to be alone in the house and always having her Italian greyhound and Scotty dogs come with me everywhere. I always felt like something was following me and more importantly, standing over me in my sleep. And I later learned why. So when I was much younger, around two or three, when a kid is really getting a handle on their verbal skills, I was in the hallway with the dogs when suddenly I called to my aunt, auntie, who's the man? Startled, she looked over at me because my uncle had just gone to his night shift work an hour ago and asked, what man? I said, the man at the end of the hallway. She got up and ran over thinking there was a home invasion and no one was there. I proceeded to get very angry and yelled, you scared him away. She just, (laughs) she dismissed it for my imagination like every adult does for a kid, but did not realize that this was the beginning of it all. I continued to mention the man, and then once I was able to play by myself, think three or four, I would disappear into the finished walk-up attic where all the toys were and play. When my aunt would ask what I was doing, I would say, I was playing with Redhead. She figured it was an imaginary friend. Then one evening, after I had to go to my other home that I lived part-time, 
She woke up in the middle of the night to see a gentleman of probably about 40 years of age staring down at her from the side of the bed. He had red hair and pale skin. He didn't do anything to her, but the moment he realized she was awake, she screamed, and he calmly just walked away into the hallway and towards the oh attic. Oh gosh. She tried to follow him, but lost sight of him once he was out of sight, eyesight from her doorway. She checked the entire house and had a neighbor help her. Why not call the cops? But there was no sign of an intruder. When I came back home, I continued to play with Redhead, and that's when she put two and two together. For a month or so, my aunt became obsessed with finding out what the hell was in her house and why. It was to the point where she was using those old newspaper machines in the library to look at old articles to see if her address would come up. Finally, it did, and she did not like what she found. Oh, no. So, let's back up here. In the basement of my aunt's house is a pretty much largely unfinished area with a washing machine and a dryer. Myself and the dogs loathed going down there, while the cat, that cat I swear was the devil, oh poor kitty, flourished down there. Uh, there was a single door on the far end of the room, which was bolted shut by old rusty locks. When my aunt and uncle bought the house, they dismissed it to being the old boiler room or something and never bothered opening it. Why is this important? Because in the news article, it was saying a single man of about 40 years of age lived in the studio apartment in the basement of the house. He had just gotten out of prison for child molestation Ooh, charges. Whoa. In Whoa. Yeah. And that he lived there with an old uh, old couple or, some, or something or other. Since he lived alone and kept to himself, when he died of causes that were never told to me, his body stayed down there for stayed down there unchecked for quite a bit of days until it started to smell and the upstairs landlords went to check why the hell was the place was smelling so bad the article had a picture of the man and my aunt recognized him as the man who stood over her at night she flipped all sorts of shit and hurried me home when she got home my uncle and i were just hanging out not really doing much but i remember remember her being incredibly miffed and yelling rodney go get the crowbar and he was like in a moment i'm doing something chassis and and she said, no, go get the damn crowbar now. My aunt never cussed around me. So I remember going, whoa, in my head, because that was new. He begrudgingly went and got it. We all hurried downstairs with her being more and more flustered and us being like, uh, what's shaking, mate? So with the help of some heavy duty wire cutters and the crowbar, we get the door open. And inside was a fucking studio apartment. No. <laughs> There was still a bed frame in the corner and to the right, a tiny, tiny kitchen and through another doorway, a tiny, tiny bathroom. Me being an idiot child was like, cool, a clubhouse for me. Hell no. And my aunt immediately told me I was never to enter this room under any circumstances. After we found the room though, I stopped playing with Redhead. It was an immediate, immediate silent as if he had just gone away or as if my imaginary friend disappeared a la drop dead Fred style. As a matter of fact, I don't even remember playing with Redhead and all of this information I got from my aunt as an adult. For some reason, my aunt and uncle continued to live in that house for 20 more years and all the while, Redhead kept visiting my aunt. One night, she watched a special on Oprah, of all things, and some lady said, if you tell the ghost to leave you alone, they will. So the next time she saw him, she banned him from coming to her and she never saw him again. My aunt and uncle recently moved and found difficulty selling the house. They even tried selling it to me really hard, and I was like, uh, no. But hey, it's out of our hairs now. So yeah, for a few years, my best friend was a dead child molester. Jesus Christ. And it just, it reminds me of kind of like what we know about incubus and succubus and just what spirits are capable of. It makes me scared to think that the spirit was waiting there and trying to spend time with a small child oh i hope not 
I hope not. I hope nothing bad happened. The whole him standing over her aunt, though, is terrifying while she slept. That actually happened to my dad. It wasn't a child molester ghost that we know of, but he woke up. (laughs) He woke up one time and someone was hovering over him, just laughing and staring at him. (gasps) That is my biggest fear. (laughs) And my dad was home alone, too. And he called my mom and he said, you're not going to want to come back after I tell you this. (gasps) oh man that's so 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 scary i'm so glad that she that she wasn't scared you know that she just thought it was a friend who was welcoming and playful even though we know in life that person was a very scary person to be around i'm glad that she as a child wasn't tormented by the spirit that was lurking in the home right she does have a happy story too okay on to the happy one So in your reincarnation episode, you discussed traveling souls together, and it elated me because I wanted to share how this exactly explains my best friend of more than 20 years and I. So when I was 14, I needed new friends because I hung out with a bad crowd, and a boyfriend at the time showed me the D&D nerds, who I guess were social suicide. I was always a closet nerd, so when he showed me this in a haha fucking nerds way, I was like, uh, these my peeps, bye. Anyway, most of them were about five to six years older than me, but despite that, they accepted an awkward 14-year-old little girl into their group. It was super weird at first, hanging out with lots of older 20-somethings at my age, but they were kind and respected my boundaries, and in reality, we all just wanted to play some good old D&D. And then Matt walked into my life. Matt wasn't there the first time I attended, but he was the second. The best way I can describe seeing this human is the most platonic love at first sight sort of thing. I was immediately drawn to him, but there was no attraction whatsoever. I found out he was the oldest at 21. He had two kids, he was divorced, and due to the divorce, he, he mostly hated everything that moved in it, and he never smiled. He was the angry one of the group. I introduced myself, and he pretty much dismissed me as a child everyone is being creepy about. I spent the next few months trying to get this guy to like me because something in my mind told me we have to be near each other. It was a complete otherworldly draw to him, and I couldn't at the time explain why. Finally, after three or four months of hanging with these guys... I had to tell them I had some severe medical issues going on, and it was very possible I had cancer. When the words left my lips, the first person to have the saddest face and to hug me was none other than him. This was the first time he voluntarily touched me, and there was a strange feeling of completeness when he did it. He dismissed having ever been cold to me because that's how he is, cool dude syndrome. But from then on, and 20-something years later, he and I are still best friends. Everyone always thinks we've even slept together. Gross. (laughs) We tell each other we love each other. His mom calls me daughter and I call her mama. Seriously, is like he's a second part of my soul. And all because of the moment I laid eyes on him, I knew we were supposed to be together, but not in a romantic sense. The best way to describe our relationship was by his mother. Matt hates everything and everyone. He never smiles. Then Chassie comes in the picture and he smiles and lights up and is actually a human. (laughs) It's a good way to have your mom describe you. He's actually a human. Congrats on being a human. The words I want to hear about Corinne. (laughs) So when I heard all of that, I immediately Snapchatted him the theory and told him that we needed to see a psychic and see if our souls are intertwined or something. His girlfriend loves the idea and wants to go, but Matt, the ever non-believer, is like, you two are morons. However, I'm 99% sure that he and I have been constant soul travelers, and I mean constant, because I've never felt so close to someone in my life that the feeling has never changed. Not super duper ghosty, but I feel like a good story nonetheless. If I manage to drag his ass to a psychic and we get some answers, I'll write back to let you know. Thanks for reading and keep up the good work. I seriously adore this podcast so much. Chassie. Wow, that's so special. I know. She just went from like a horrifying childhood experience to something so sweet. I know. But that's kind of how the paranormal is that 
you know, some people have great experiences and then they also have terrifying experiences. Yeah, it's not black and white. There's a balance in the earth of positive and negative energy. Speaking of negative, <laughs> negative, I picked two emails that have to do with black-eyed kids. Grim, why? Because I love them. Oh, God. And okay. I am mama. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Not only are you going to show up at my door and be like, I'm here for you. You're going to show up at my door with like, at like in the movie Spy Kids with all those like robot spy kids, but they're all your black eyed kids and you're the leader. They're all going to be outside my door and you're just going to like swallow me whole. No, I'm not. <laughs> Remember when I wanted to be the thumb for Halloween, but then I decided it was too difficult. Hey, there's always this year. It's always this year. Start working on it. Okay. Okay. This is called, I think I met a black eyed kid from andrea she says hi ladies long time listener first time caller i'm catching up on new episodes and i'm currently on black eyed children and it immediately sent ice through my veins when you started describing what they are i have a vivid wild memory from childhood that i dead ass think was a black eyed kid when i was six all of my older siblings and i were watching a monty python movie and we were in our large living room with an even larger non-curtained windows in the middle of the woods of alabama when i needed to get up and get something to drink i got up and i walked into the breakfast nook more uncurtained windows what the fuck mom <laughs> that's my worst. i hate uncurtained windows i just don't like windows in general did haven't you seen that adt commercial where that man is creeping outside at night close your windows uh close your blinds that's terrifying okay i got up and walked into the breakfast nook and flipped the lights on standing motionless almost nose to the window was a little girl (gasps) a few years older than me i obviously jumped and told my siblings my older sibling gets up and opens the door to the outside that was in the living room no don't open the door oh my gosh We hear talking and my sister said that she said someone was after her and she wanted to come inside to call 911. My sister immediately went pale and came back in. She told us she didn't feel good about it, so she was going to give her the phone to use outside to call 911. Mind you, we live at least half a mile on all sides from any houses and those houses are in a neighborhood. Like, why would you... Like, why would the lone house in the woods be where you run for help in a neighborhood? Has she never seen a scary movie? It's because they can't hear you scream. Help me. I need to come inside and use your telegraph. Oh. So the girl was, so the girl has the phone for at least 30 seconds, coldly says she's done and walks off. No police came and she just walked off into the woods. (sighs) No. We looked at the phone and she called no one. Up until this very moment, I brushed this off as something weird, but not crazy. And now I'm dying to get off the subway to call my sister and tell her. Keep up the good fight, ladies. Andrea. Oh my God. Ah, My whole body. That's so scary. I thank goodness they didn't invite her in. And just can you. Especially because they were young kids. You're walking into a room at night and you turn the lights off. And someone's face is smushed against the window looking at Oh! That is a nightmare. No. This is... Oh. Oh, and just the image of her walking off when she says she's done. Yeah, she says she's done and that she called the police. No police show up. She just disappears into the wilderness. And she had never called anyone from the phone. 
Oh, I imagine her walking and like slowly dragging her feet. Ooh. Yeah, she's just stiffly walking, almost robotic. Not blinking. Ew. <gasps> okay, well, they survived. <laughs> Keeping up the good fight. Keeping up the good fight. Oh, that is terrifying. Should I read the other black-eyed kid? Should I switch it up and read the other black-eyed kid ones and then you close it with the other one? Sure, let's do it. Okay, this is from Laura. Hi there. I just finished listening to the Black Eyed Kids episode and have now realized that I had an encounter with a Black Eyed Kid. Oh my gosh. Five years ago, I was home alone. My family had left on vacation and I would be meeting with them a couple days later. The night before I was leaving, I was packing and watching TV when there was a knock on my door. Usually only my family knocks and strangers use the doorbell. I wasn't expecting family, but when I looked through the people, I could only see a younger kid. Immediately thought it was one of my cousins, so I opened the door. As soon as I did, I noticed through the security door that this was not my cousin, and instead some teenager about 15 to 16 years old who I didn't recognize. Oh my gosh. My heart started to race, and I noticed the kid did not look okay. He proceeded to ask if he could use my phone because he needed a ride home. I noticed something was off about his eyes, but I... I wasn't sure what it was, and until this day, I had convinced myself that he was bleeding. Oh, from his eyes? I guess, yeah. I guess something was off about the eyes, and just, she was so scared that she must have rewrote the memory. Oh, that's so freaky. Oh. Maybe they do bleed when they turn from normal to <gasps> Oh, that's black. even creepier. Until this day, I had convinced myself that he was bleeding. I told him I would call for help, and then he insisted that I give him a ride home. Oh, no thanks. At this point, all I wanted to do was to close my door, so I told him to hold on, close the door, and called 911. The operator started to ask questions, and all I could say that there was a kid who looked hurt at my front door asking for help. When I opened the door to ask him questions, he was gone. The police came by 20 minutes later and said after asking neighbors and searching, they could not find anyone with the description I gave. I had convinced myself that it must have been some kid who had gotten into trouble and just wanted some help. But after listening to this episode, I can't help but cringe at all the similarities to the other encounters. I still remember the feeling of panic and the way my heart was racing. It wasn't dread, but it also wasn't normal, and I have not felt it since. Also, the details about the eyes. I wasn't sure if he was bleeding, but my mind couldn't make sense of what was off with his eyes, so I must have just decided to make something up. Ew. Just wanted to share my story and let you know to keep up the good work. I look forward to getting spooked every week. Laura. Wow. <laughs> it's just scare me. It's nuts to me that so many of these stories we've since heard since talking about the Black Eyed Kids in an episode, so many people have said that they didn't put it together until listening to it, which makes me think that there are so many other people out there who just like haven't put the two together. Yeah, who just think that they have this weird, bizarre story that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Until you realize what this creepy child with weird eyes is. And even then, it's still so confusing and we don't understand it. I think Black Eyed Kids, to me, are one of the most mysterious entities that we've ever talked about. And too, the other thing is, I feel like... And this is definitely a similarity with all of the Black Eyed Kids stories that we hear and with these two emails that we have with Laura and Andrea is that they felt off. The people who were communicating and speaking with these Black Eyed Kids felt off. They felt afraid. Something was telling them to run. Their fight or flight was kicking in. Yeah. And that doesn't happen when you come across an eight-year-old, a 14-year-old child. They're a kid. So you're just... I've never come across a kid. No. Where I felt like I needed to punch it and run. But because... 
children shouldn't give you that feeling. But there's something off-putting with these kids and the way that they approach people. And it sets off an alarm. It's like you're coming in contact with an animal and your body knows that this is a predator and you are the prey. This is why you have to trust your instincts. We're all just animals. We're all animals. Now I want animal crackers. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I hope to God no one sees any black-eyed kids, but... If you have seen them, continue emailing us. See something, sage something. See something, sage something. <laughs> Sabrina, that's a good one. I have to admit, someone made us a graphic with that. So I... It, oh. <laughs> credit to them. Credit to... Who was it? I need to say it because it's the coolest graphic and I'll post it on our Instagram. Liz made us this graphic that said, see something, sage something, and I thought it was amazing. Very applicable to our podcast and everyone who listens. And our lives. This is what you need in your purse. Everyone should carry a stick of sage, a container of pepper spray, and a bottle of holy water, and use all three at once if you need to. (laughs) You might need to grow a third hand. I know. I was just thinking, you know how magicians, will they'll be like a puff of smoke and then they'll disappear? Yeah. We need something like that. You just throw it on the ground and it cloaks you while you try to get all your materials out. So it buys you some time. (laughs) Oh, man. They probably have that in the wizarding world. I'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. And again, we will start ending our episodes with a happy story starting next week. Okay. Maybe. We can't commit to anything. This is from Jennifer. Subject line is my ghost story as promised. Hi ladies, as promised, here are my ghost stories to be followed by my exorcist story. When I was growing up, my best friend lived in a turn of the century house. We were told various stories about the people who built the house and people who lived there before her family, including that someone committed suicide in the dining room by hanging themselves. Yeah, whenever I slept over, we, Amy and I, would sleep in the living room, which was right off the dining room where we would see a glowing light during the night. But the weirdest thing that happened to us was on a summer day. Amy and I were the only ones in the house and all of the cats were outside. All the doors and windows were closed and we heard something like a stone hit the fireplace screen and it started swinging back and forth. Then, one by one, each shade in the dining room went up, followed by each shade in the living room. Then, the kitchen. Then, the playroom. No, it's exposing you. No. Yeah. I hate the windows. I and hate it, windows. And it's clear this ghost is like going around room to room, like making all of these shades go up, which is terrifying. We <gasps> watched all of this in stunned silence. It couldn't have been more than a few minutes. We screamed and ran out of the room. Side note, when they redid the li- living room, they found a bunch of old postcards plastered underneath the wall, but I never got to see them. Amy and her husband and kids still live in the house. Her kids have always heard things like footsteps in their bedrooms. Her husband, who doesn't believe, eventually admitted that he's heard and seen things in the house too. Second story also involves my friend Amy. Her aunt and grandparents lived close to her. We would swim at her grandparents' house in the summer and we would cut through her aunt's yard to get there. I'd never been in her aunt's house, but it was fairly large to an elementary school kid living in a split level anyway. So we were headed over there one day and I looked up and I saw this guy looking at us from the second floor window. He waved. I waved back. When we got to her grandparents' house, we were swimming. I asked her who was visiting her aunt, and she looked at me strangely and asked me to describe him. He was wearing glasses and kind of bald, but the hair he had was brown, and she asked me what he was wearing, and I said he had on a yellow sweater and brown pants. She told me that was her cousin, and those were the clothes he was wearing when he died. What? Which actually reminds me of the story my dad has. He was staying at a friend's house, and this friend always had, like, guests over so my dad's friend went to go grab something down from the basement 
and my dad's standing in the living room and he turns towards the fireplace and he sees a man standing there. He goes to try to talk to him and the guy is not responsive and it's just like just staring at my dad. So my dad goes down to the basement and goes to his friend and is like, so who's, who do you have over? Like, who's your friend? And the guy's like, I don't, no one's here. It's just you and I. And uh, my dad's like, no, I saw a guy and my dad's, my dad's friend was like, well, explain, describe him to me. And my dad does. And apparently the guy had his dad's ashes on the mantelpiece of the fireplace. And that's exactly the way that my dad described him was exactly what the guy, his dad had died wearing. Holy crap. Yeah. So it's crazy. They stay. It, it does make me wonder if the spirits the people see and recognize to be actual people, if right. those spirits are just coming for a moment, just knowing that they'll be seen to then give peace of mind to whoever else to be like, oh, they're fine. They're right. crossed over and like maybe just a nice little drop by. Or I hate to think that they're like trapped and don't know to move on. I like to think that it's just Ooh. a quick visit. Yeah. Or yeah, it's probably just a quick visit, but I also like, I think we talk about it a lot. Like I don't think ghosts can always control their energy. So maybe the ghost, this, my dad's friend's dad was always around, but only sometimes physically appeared. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Back to Jen's story. I've never seen another ghost that clearly, but I've sensed them for the rest of my life. I get semi visions of them, mostly wispy, foggy ones. Sometimes I can hear them. Sometimes not. Maybe because this started when I was young, it doesn't scare me. I honestly wish I could see them better now because I want to see my family members. Now, the exorcism story. My freshman year of college, I brought out my Ouija board and my roommate didn't like it much, so we never used it in my room. She was nice and I was friends with her and I didn't want to upset upset her. That is a good roommate. So, a friend and I used it in her room. Her roommate was seriously religious and was convinced that we had conjured up a demon. We hadn't. Neither of us could sense a thing in her dorm room, but she was convinced. So like any good pagan, I I created a ritual to appease her roommate and convince her the demon was banished. Her roommate was completely convinced and could sleep in the room again and all was well. So while I have never had a bad experience with a Ouija board, I inadvertently created one for someone else. And that whole incident is what really leads me to believe that a lot of what happens with them comes from what you expect and how you were raised to think of them. Feel free to read any of this on the show. If you have any questions, let me know. Love you guys, Jen. Wow. But it's interesting because yes, I think that a lot of things come from what you know, but I think for the other girl who was very religious, she probably was so nervous and had opened herself up to something else. Yeah, the fear. And then once she was told that everything was all well, she closed herself off again and went about her life and there was nothing for the energy to feed on. Exactly. It's hard because it can go either way. And that's why it's such a tough topic and such a fascinating topic, the paranormal, because there are 500 explanations for everything. And yet 500 that all also lead to something that's unexplainable. And I mean, I think with the universe in general, like we don't have answers for so many things and we can only theorize, but that's kind of the joy in it in not knowing everything is that you can make up your own theories. And I mean, that's what we do this whole podcast. Yeah, that is what we do. And I was just telling my dad when we were in Florida and we were out in the ocean, I was like, you know, a lot of the ocean hasn't been explored. So mermaids are probably real. He was like, you're ridiculous. And then a mermaid grabbed his feet and pulled him under. And that was the last time we saw Bill. <laughs> Until he became a merman. And he did a giant flip out of the ocean like a dolphin. <laughs> he was found <laughs> with a pot of dolphins. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was leading a... He was leading the pot pod. of dolphins. 
Did you know that I actually swam with a wild pod of dolphins once? No. Yes, it was in Aruba and we were on a snorkeling boat and the people on the boat stopped the boat because they were like, whoa, the dolphins never come in this far. It was a wild pod of dolphins and I'm stupid and don't didn't really realize how aggressive dolphins can be. So I jump off the boat and I swim. <laughs> I was pretty far out. I was a little uh-huh. speck. My mom's freaking out on the boat <laughs> and the dolphins are swarming me. And oh. the people that were on the boat working the boat were like, whoo. So they get off and they kind of come after me because I'm an idiot. And yeah, I was swimming safe. with a wild pot of dolphins. They surrounded me and they, they had a baby too. So I had like eight dolphins around me and one baby. And I reached out and tried to touch one because they were that close. And it s- looked at me and it screamed. It went, and I was like, oh shit, can't touch it. But we kept swimming, kept swimming. And I was like, this is the most amazing experience of my life. Corinne, you have a connection with dolphins, like the same way that demons have a mating call for each other. You have the ability to communicate with dolphins. Maybe. That would be amazing. Eliza Thornberry. It's like in Finding Nemo, and Dory's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> speak well. <laughs> um, did you see it? There was a meme, and it said, we found Nemo, we found Dory, but we still haven't found Barb. Oh. Poor Barb. That's sad. Poor I wonder, Barb. Are they making another Stranger Things season? I'm Do sure. You know that yet? I'm sure. They have to, right? Plus, they would break the hearts of millions of people if they didn't. Kind of how people would feel if we ever gave up on this podcast because we were too haunted. <laughs> I don't think millions of people. <laughs> but one day, Corinne, if you believe... And I believe, and our ghost stops haunting us. Who knows? The possibilities My goal is to have more, are endless. More living listeners than dead ghosts. That's a pretty good goal. We should add that to our Patreon list of goals. Okay. Okay. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Uh, and you guys can help us. You know how? By writing us your ghost stories. And they can be about anything. And you can send them to our email at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And another way to help us is rate and review us on iTunes. Rating and reviewing us on iTunes is huge. So is like interacting with us and tweeting to us and mentioning us on Instagram or posting on our Facebook group. Guys, that's how I get half of my ab workout. Actually, my entire ab workout because I don't work out. But I do laugh at all the things you guys say. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how it was an ab workout, but laughter is good. I thought it was like you reaching up out of your bed to get your phone or something. Also that me jolting up in the middle of the night going, (gasps) (laughs) when i remember something someone wrote (laughs) or when there's a ghost hovering over your face (laughs) and again guys we just released our patreon so please if you have the means or want to support us it would mean the world to us thank you thank you and we will see you see you on on the the other other side side. hi i'm matt i'm dustin and And we're we're the the final Boys, boys a podcast that celebrates all things horror and cinema and pop culture Have you ever wondered about the history behind the Paris catacombs? The true stories behind the Bloody Mary legend? Or are you just like listening to two dudes bullshit about their favorite? And not-so-favorite horror movies. Well, you should check out The Final Boys. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.